Good morning. I hope you can hear me. There's some noise on the background. Sorry about that. I'm in a co-working place today. It's the webinar, the 18th webinar. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, object-oriented programming and the situation with the getters, which we actually discussed in the webinar number four and uh, agreed that they are these getters are actually not a good thing in object-oriented programming. And uh, I hope we agreed. And if you want to if you want to get back to that subject, you can watch the webinar number four. But today, the subject is a little bit different. Uh, we're going to talk about um, what's what's the possible uh, replacement for getters in object-oriented programming. So what can be done better and uh, why this, this better thing is actually a better thing than getters. So just a few words first what getters are. This, um, the getters are methods which, are, uh, which allow other objects to retrieve data attributes or get access to data attributes from, from our object. So our object is basically, if it has getters, it basically is sort of a container of data, which these data are, they could be used or they, they should be used by other objects somewhere else. And I want to give like, I want to give a number of examples today and I will use my, uh, my book, Elegant Objects, the volume number two, uh, which will describe that, that problem in a bigger context and we'll give examples and explain what's what's going on uh, I will use that book as an example today to demonstrate instead of slides I will just use examples from the book to show show what's going on so let me share that first with you and we'll see let's see what it works one sec uh, let me find that book here uh, so yeah, here it is. Yep. So it's going to be the entire article, the entire section will be in the book, which is called, let me scroll up, which is called Printers Instead of Getters. This is exactly the title of the webinar. Uh, and here is the, here's the example of how these getters are typically used. So first of all, we, for example, we retrieve some book from the database. So we call database fetch, we get the book out of the database. And the book is basically a container of data. It could be called a DTO or a domain object or entity object. There are many names for that. But this book is actually a container of attributes with some data coming from the database. And then we want to, to render this book on the, on the website. We want to show in the HTML format uh, what's what's in the book and, and how it looks. So we create some rendering engine which has this template, probably book HTML, and then we put this attribute, we inject this book into the engine, and then we say engine render. Uh, I'm sure you've seen that. For example, the Apache Velocity is one of the popular libraries for templating for, for, for doing that kind of rendering. And then inside this HTML document, something like that will happen. So these, re, these uh, placeholders, they will be by the engine, they will be replaced by the actual data. In order to get the data, the engine will, the engine will call this a number of getters. So the B is actually the book, so B, get ISBN, get title, get author. They will be the, the getters which the engine will call on the book, retrieve the data from the book, and, and then use this data in order to render HTML page. This is a very traditional approach, and it's wrong. It's wrong because for many reasons, like we discussed in the webinar number four, 
but the main reason, the main, uh, the bottom line is that the book is not really an object. It's a data container which uh, doesn't know what's going on. It doesn't control the process. It just, uh, it just, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't know what's going on. It just, uh, I'm just checking the camera here. Yeah, it works. So it doesn't know what's going on. It's just being a container of data which, which uh, just transfer the data from the database to the rendering engine without actually understanding of what's, what's going on in, in, in between. So the object doesn't have control of that process and the object doesn't have any, doesn't um, control, doesn't understand the semantic of this flow, what's going on that, that, that to answer that question object cannot do that. So object being just a dynamic data structure which has no influence on, on the process in general. It's wrong for many, many reasons. But now the question is to what can we do in order to fix that? What is the what is the better solution? What's what's the alternative? The alternative is to create a, a printer, to introduce a printer. There's some text in the book and then the solution is to create to let the book itself to teach the book itself, to, to give the ability for the book to print itself into the HTML format. So in the worst case scenario, it will look like a, a primitive generation of the string of the text inside the book class. But this is a little bit more complex approach, a little bit more smart. So again, we're retrieving the book from the database and then we're, we're making some page which is still like some kind of a rendering engine. But then we're saying, we're telling the book we're asking the book to print itself to the page so the book will the book will initiate the process of printing the book will call the, the the engine and the book will tell the engine of what the data what the data needs to be uh, rendered and and what what kind of data and and uh, uh, and, and when exactly it's going to happen so the the key difference here is not is that not the the rendering engine is pulling data from us, pulling data from the book. But instead, the book is actually printing the data into the rendering engine, for example, into HTML. Inside the HTML, it will look kind of close. It will look almost the same. So we'll also have almost the same HTML, a template. But here, there'll be also some kind of a placeholders. But these placeholders, they're not anymore, uh, uh, they, they don't trigger the rendering engine uh the, the they don't they don't instruct the rendering engine to pull some data from where they're just placeholders which will be replaced by the engine when the book says print and this is how the book print inside could look like for example I, i'm assuming here that the page is uh the page is an immutable structure so it's it's a rendering engine but it's still immutable so here i'm saying that i'm just returning i'm just getting the page and then i'm injecting into the page i'm injecting the data from the book, I'm using the internal attributes in the book to inject them into the page. I inject one, two, three, and then I render it here, and I build the, oh, that's probably wrong. It shouldn't be void. It should be string here. Um, but the thing is that all of these three attributes are now private, and the book doesn't have any getters. So nobody from outside of the book can actually ask the book to return back the ISBN, for example, or the title. These three attributes, they're encapsulated, properly encapsulated. And when somebody needs this book to be printed in, in some format, because now it, it doesn't say there's HTML, it's just some kind of a page. 
this page will accept that stuff. It could be JSON page, it could be HTML page, it could be console page, it could be PDF page, any kind of page. The point is that the book is actually giving the data to the page. It is printing into the page. It, it makes the decision of when and how to print. It's not the page pulling out the data, but the data is being delivered to, uh, to the page when the method print is called. I think it looks like obvious technically how it works and looks obvious what the differences are, but there are a few like serious concerns about that, which we will discuss right now. But for now, I think you understand what's going on. So instead of, again, let me repeat it like quickly. So instead of being, instead of making our objects data transfer objects or, you know, data containers, which just transfer data from one place to another, and then, and then these places make decisions of when actually this data supposed to be used. So these places actually contain the, maintain the semantics so they know what's going on. Instead, the object knows what's going on. The object was retrieved, the object was retrieved from the database, this book. It came from the database and now it knows how to print itself to HTML. So it may sound unusual, I'm sure for many of you, it may sound unusual because this is not how most object-oriented systems work right now. This is not how, designed, how they are designed, for example. Uh, for example, Hibernate doesn't exactly work that way, and, and, and many other systems don't work that way, so they, they expect us to actually use objects as data containers and then build procedures around them which will know how to use this data and which will know how to convert that data from, from, from attributes from these getters into the HTML, for example, or JSON. But the right way, I think so, the right way is to use printers instead. The printers, the printer is a method which stays inside the object, which knows which attributes are in there, which doesn't show these attributes to anybody else, but when it's called, when the method print is called, then, then, it, then it gets, that it uses the attributes, it, it knows which attributes to use in order to inject the data to the destination. For example, in this case, the destination is the page. In other cases, the destination could be a console or anything else, or I don't know, an output stream, or a, a data error, a byte array. So it could be anything. And every time we call the method print, and it prints it to the destination. And now the questions, now the problems. There are basically a number of concerns which I've heard many, many times, and uh, let me go through them. The first concern is called, what about the single responsibility principle? So the single responsibility principle says that, you know, it's like just a paragraph here which says that it's, it's a great principle, it, it is, you know, it, it, it's, it's, the principle means that uh, an object has to do just one thing. But it doesn't say exactly like what this one thing means. So it's just, it's just basically this principle is just a, a simple definition of the, of, the, of the principle of cohesion and, and, and uh, and, and coupling, very you know old principle, uh, which says that our objects they have to be quite cohesive, so that everything should stay together as much as possible. But uh, uh, at the same time, this can't this uh, the, the functionality should be decoupled from other from the other piece of functionality. So I'm totally in favor of this principle. I like the idea of single responsibility of the single responsibility. Absolutely, this is a great idea. But it looks like our printers, they, are, they actually uh, violate this principle. Look at this example. For example, if we have the class book and then we want to print to page, 
then we have one method. Then we want to print to bidirate, and it's a different method. Then we want to print to JSON, there's a different method. And we may have like 10 of that methods. We may have so many of them that the book will be really huge. And it's and, and the concerns that, well, what about this single responsibility? It looks like the object is responsible for, uh, first of all, it's coming from the database. And then second, it's responsible for printing itself to three different uh, formats, to JSON, to array, and to the page. So what about what about this? So how can we? How could it be single responsibility anymore? It's not single anymore. It's like three or maybe four responsibilities: print, 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 and uh, come from the database. And my answer to that is that yes, indeed, yes, definitely, we are violating the single responsibility principle here. Are we definitely doing our? In this case, our object definitely is doing too much, and. Don't be surprised, but I will have to say that yes, I admit that I agree that the single that in this case the responsibility that the object becomes bigger, and it, it's responsible for too many things. But my point is that if we have to choose between single responsibility principle and encapsulation idea, then we have to choose the encapsulation. So breaking encapsulation in order to not be responsible for too many things is not an excuse. So if you if you look at the object and it perfectly encapsulates everything, it doesn't have any getters, and then you realize that you need to introduce getters in order to expose your data to somebody else, and you don't want to break the single responsibility principle, and then you decide to break the encapsulation principle, that's wrong. Because encapsulation is way more important than single responsibility. It's better to have an object which is responsible for many things instead of having a data container, which is not responsible for anything. It's just being a data container which just transfers data from one place to another. So my answer here is yes. I, I understand that single responsibility principle is being violated by printers to some extent, we'll discuss later how it can be, how can we avoid it actually, how we can solve even that problem. But I do admit that that the problem exists. So yes, we we we, we make our objects bigger. We 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 move functionality from the outside because before the functionality was outside. The functionality was in the in the rendering engine or the the script which wired together the rendering engine and our object. So our object was a dumb, anemic, anemic. Uh, data structure, uh, data bag or data container, and then we had some functionality which stayed out, which was which was located outside of an object. Now we have them together, and yes, we definitely violate. In, in this case, we definitely made the object bigger and we violate the principle. But the encapsulation is not broken. This is the most important thing. Don't don't break the encapsulation. Don't turn your objects into non-objects, because in this case, the entire object-oriented programming is ruined. Let's let's continue and then we'll discuss. Uh, the second problem is this: God objects. So we may end up having an object which is called monster object or God object or whatever. There are many names for that. And uh, why that will happen? Because uh, because yeah, because it's it's possible because we'll we'll introduce more and more printers in order to. Uh, to satisfy requests from our clients who will come in and say we need you to know how to print itself here and we need you to know how to deliver data in XML now, not HTML, but a different format. And every time we will have to uh, put more and more functionality into the object. 
And of course, we eventually may have the, the god object. So it will be not maybe a monster object. We maybe not have like 50 methods there, but we may have like 10 or something. And, it, and it's possible. It's a possibility. My answer is that, yes, the same answer. Yes, I admit that. It may happen. But this is still a smaller problem than a data container in object-oriented programming. Because we still, if the object is huge, if the, if the object is like monster object and it has like even a 50 methods, but it's a solid object. It's it's not it's not a data container. It doesn't expose the data to the outside. It doesn't violate the encapsulation principle. It's a better solution than uh, the, the, this this kind of object. Even if it is huge, it is huge. It's even better than it's better than than the data container. And now the, the problem number three is code duplication. Code duplication also may happen if we have these printers. For example, look at this code. Uh, this code prints, uh, this is the, the, the book with the one printer. The printer prints to JSON. This is Java. So it tries to generate uh, the JSON uh, document from, from these three attributes. And then it uh, prints the JSON to, uh, well, it, 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 first of all, it builds the JSON object. And then from that object, it creates the actual string, like the actual text with JSON. And then we have uh, another another class, another another object, where uh, another method print to JSON is there. For example, this is book, and then we have another object which is called uh, article or, I don't know, user. And then we want to generate JSON over there as well. And we will have to use the same three, four lines of code in that place as well. So the, the, the mechanism of building JSON will be duplicated. We print it here, we generate JSON here, and then we generate JSON another object. And these JSON generators, they will, uh, they will look quite similar, and not just similar, they will look identical. These four lines of code, they will be over and over again and again and again in different places. And it's, and it's logical, because every time this print to JSON method has to be implemented, it has to somehow generate the JSON. And that's probably one of the one of the reasons why this, there are these libraries like JAX-B, for example, were introduced in Java and many other languages where they expect our objects to be, let's call them like, you know, that's like simple data, data objects which have getters. And these libraries, they rely on these getters because, because it was easier for everybody to to move the functionality of building, for example, JSON and XML to some library, to some to some utility outside of our objects, and then open our objects, break the encapsulation, let them let all of these libraries see what's inside our objects, and they will just build JSON and they will build they will just build XML or whatever, any possible any possible things they will build because our objects are not any more blank boxes for them, they're open. They can see what's inside. They can see what's uh, what, what's what, what's in the what's in the uh, what's inside us, and they can implement this functionality. These four lines of code, they, they implement outside of the objects. They implement in one place. There is no code duplication. Definitely, uh, the code is not being duplicated. But our objects are open. They are not black boxes anymore. They are not closed anymore. They are not they don't encapsulate anything anymore. And we are not anymore writing object-oriented software. We cannot, this, if the principle of encapsulation is broken, everything is broken. Because it's, it's procedural programming from now on. It's just code and data. 
it's command and control it's not it's not you know delegation and trust it's command and control it's a completely different paradigm of programming which is you know which is which is worse than object oriented programming object oriented programming was introduced in order to solve the problems of procedural programming and now we just see it's obvious that uh, that the problem is not solved so that's that's the big concern and that's and but the code duplication yeah i'm getting back to, to the main problem so the code duplication yes again i have to admit yes we will have code duplication we will have this four lines of code duplicated here well present here and will be present in another method in another printer in another object so they will look the same and maybe sometimes they will look completely identical but again i have to say that this problem is smaller than the problem of broken encapsulation so this problem even having two objects which duplicate each other with two methods print to json in one place and print to json in another place which look almost identical is definitely a problem but it's a smaller problem comparing to the problem of broken encapsulation and objects being just data structures so three three things which I admit definitely we will have single responsibility principle violated we definitely will have code duplication we definitely will have we may have monster objects like two big objects but there is also but coming so there's it's not it's not all the bad things but there's it's solvable these three problems they can be solved and I'm suggesting that kind of this kind of thing which I would call utility objects or something like that which would help us to get rid of that problem these three problems they are solvable as long as we agree that we are only working with printers and not getters then we will be able to solve these three problems of code duplication of single responsibility principle and the monster objects for example first of all let's get rid of the code duplication so we don't want to duplicate this JSON generation in every place because it's you know it's redundant we are doing it over and over again and writing the same code okay we introduce another object we introduce another utility object which is called JSON page or whatever which accepts some data and generates data JSON for us. So it's going to be exactly, not exactly, but the similar functionality to the library we had before. But this library now is called from here, from the printer. Before, it was the code which stayed outside of the book. And it was, it was just getting data from the book through getters and then building JSON. Now we put this library into the object, into the printer, and now the printer is calling this supplementary thing in order to print something. So the book is in charge. The book is not, it doesn't violate the encapsulation idea. The encapsulation is still here. We still, nobody, nobody can see our three attributes. Nobody knows what's inside. They want us to print JSON, we print JSON for them. But they can't get anything from us. They cannot retrieve data from us. They can only ask us to print something to string to, to convert us to JSON string and then in order to avoid duplication in order to get rid of duplication we introduce supplementary I would call them utility uh, objects not classes but objects so utility just utilities some tools which help us to get rid of the code duplication that's one approach another thing we can use polymorphic media uh, I would call it that way so we provide when we build the method print two, we can we can instead of print to JSON, we just introduce the method print two, and then we give here some kind of a, I don't know, some kind of a packet or whatever, some media, which uh, which accepts whatever it is. So it just accepts data and data and data, some 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 data blocks from us, and then generates some other data array or whatever. In this case. Um, uh, 
in this case we have we, we can uh, yeah, let me see the example here so the point is that we can we, we give the, the media we give some some sort of a uh, the destination the target where an object can print the data it has and then how this this packet this media is implemented it's up to us so we can do we can we can give our object different implementation of this of this destination media and the object will just drop the data in there and then the media will decide what to do with that with that with that uh, with that data so in this case we get rid of the problem of the single responsibility the object will be just responsible for what it's responsible already for doing something and then there's going to be just one method print to which will actually drop the data somewhere so again nobody will be able to retrieve it to fetch the data from us nobody will be able to uh, to treat us as a data container they will have to come to us with the media and say how about you print yourself some somewhere else so it's, if, if, if you if we try to uh, in the real world example it's like if I'm the object and you, you come to me with a piece of paper, you're saying, write your name on this piece of paper. You're not getting my name from me. You're just asking me to print my name somewhere. The same should happen with the object in, in object render programming. You come to an object and you ask an object to print itself. And what kind of destination is that? Yes, the first approach is to introduce many printers, but that will that will violate the single responsibility principle. To get rid of that, to solve that problem, we make just one method and then multiple implementations of, of the media. In that case, the problem is solved. The problem with single responsibility and the problem with this monster objects will be solved. So to summarize that, I'm finishing. Let me close the, let me close the, the, the screen sharing. Yeah, so to summarize the situation, I want to say that it is, it is important to, first of all, to protect, the, to protect the data inside objects. Data hiding or, encapsul or encapsulation is the most critical thing in object-oriented programming. We should hide our data no matter what, even if it's difficult, even if we sometimes may have this single responsibility violation, this monster object, the code duplication. It's all second-level second problems. All of these problems are minory comparing to the encapsulation problem. Because when we encapsulation is broken, we're not in object-oriented programming anymore. It's something else. It's procedural. We have just code and data. We have code which controls the data. Then we're just getting back to the, uh, to the, to the C programming, to, to, to the previous level of programming. So if we want to be in object-oriented, we need to protect our objects. We need to respect them and protect them and, not, and do not let anybody, do not let other objects to get into them, to, to, to retrieve something from them, to use them as, as data, as data yeah. containers. Because if it happens, everything is, everything is ruined. It's not anymore about, about how much of single responsibility principle you have there. It's not important anymore because there is no object in the program. So first of all, we protect our objects and make sure they do not expose any data through getters. And then if we want that data to get out, if we want that data to be delivered somewhere, then we ask our object to deliver it somewhere. Printed for us, printed to the media, printed to the string, printed to, to JSON, whatever. No matter how you do it, there are many. There could be many solutions. I'm just, I'm just trying to, uh, to find a number of them because I don't see many libraries and many you know applications doing it that way. Because these getters are everywhere. They're so popular in the industry, like so popular in the software world that it's difficult to find many libraries and many places and many people uh, suggesting uh, solutions for that. 
So I'm trying to find a number of them. I'm trying to suggest something which I could find, which I can use, which I use in my code. So I use these things. Yeah, I use this media, which is poly, poly, polymorphic, so different kinds of media. I use this um, supplementary uh, utility objects, which help me to build uh, the content sometimes to JSON, XML, whatever. And then I'm, I'm trying as much as I can to avoid getters at all. Sometimes you have to use getters because libraries expect you to. Some, for example, if you use with Hibernate, then you will have to use getters. If you use with JAXB, for example, to convert something into XML, you have to use getters. That's inevitable. But I'm, I think we should try to stay away from that as much as possible and maybe not use that libraries anymore, if it's possible. But don't, don't make your objects you know, open data containers. That's what I feel. Uh, let, me, uh, let me open the... Uh, the question answer uh, question answer block and I will see your questions if you have some yeah give me a second so. yeah I think it's here yeah okay we have questions uh, yeah, the first question was, it seems that book will have two responsibilities, in the, two responsibilities in this case. That's exactly right. We just mentioned that. Yes, we have two responsibilities. There are too many responsibilities, but that's, that's by design. That's how it should be. Um, yeah, there's a correction about the result value. That's right. It was wrong. That result should be string. Uh, uh, yeah, the question is, again, why can't we have book printer and book as DTO? Like I said, that's the whole point of this webinar. So we shouldn't we shouldn't have book as a DTO. DTO is a data transfer object, because in that case we, because in that case we're back to procedural programming. Because in that case the data there's data hiding is gone. We don't hide data anymore. We just transfer data from left to right. So in this case the book is not an object. It's a data structure and data structures they are from C programming languages. They're not C programming language. It's not from Java. It's not from from OOP, uh, it's something else. So the book printer and the book, there's two things. They may exist, but that's procedural programming. It's something which we, which is completely wrong. Why it's wrong, take a look at the webinar number four. We discussed this problem with getters, many details. Uh, uh, does this, the question is, does this uh, just change the level of abstraction that book exists at? Can book have an internal data container message object that it uses to load itself or format itself, etc.? Uh, that's a good question. So, what about what about the internal implementation of the book? Can we do some? Can we have some data containers in the book inside the book? Um, if it's the if it's for transferring data from uh, between methods, for example, in the book, between one method to another method, or for in in the method procedure, like for example, can we use like you know, a hash map or array or like sort of a data structure. Uh, if it's a, if it's a pure data structure like the list, for example, or uh, a hash map or an array, then yes. But if you if you still inside the book want to use some want to abuse the idea of objects and still make them containers, I would say no because it's also no good because inside the book you will uh, you will still think procedural way. It's not going to harm. It's not going to harm us 
who is outside the book. It's not going to hurt me because I'm the client of the book, so I don't really care what's inside as long as you don't expose me the data you have. But it's going to hurt your uh, your thinking. You will start thinking procedural, and sooner or later, you will start exposing this data to me as well. You will start giving me these data containers to me. You will deliver them to me, and then the whole design will uh, will just will just ruin. Will just break. So I would say no. I would say stay away from data structures, data containers as much as possible. And if you really want just data structure, use the hash map. In this case, you will tell everybody explicitly that it's just a pure hash map. It's not, it's not an object at all. There are no methods in there. It's just hash map. Java doesn't have like native data structure thing. It's just uh, the hash map is, the, uh, is a class. So, but it's, it's good to use it. Because, because in this case, you you're telling your customers, your users, me, for example, that when you when you when you give me back the hash map, I know it's of course, of course it's not an object. It's never meant to be an object. It's just a data structure. In this case, it's fine. But don't don't make objects look like you know. Don't make don't make data structures look like objects. Uh, yeah, there's a question. Why do we need so many print methods instead of one common print into common media? That's the, the question was answered exactly. That's why that's how we do it uh, uh, Too much noise in the background. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, next time it's not gonna happen uh, Yeah, there's comments saying that I like the idea of focus on encapsulation first and then solve the other problems That's exactly my point that you will have problems you start with the encapsulation, you, you start to encapsulate, you protect your, your objects, and then you will have a lot of problems, of course. But you solve that problem not at the cost of encapsulation. You don't pay by the, by, to solve that problem by encapsulation. It's wrong. You just, you know, you, it, it, if you need to sacrifice one of them, encapsulation, a single res responsibility, we say, okay, we drop the single responsibility. We build an object bigger, we make it bigger, we make it, we introduce more methods to it. We, we make it responsible for many things. Yes, it may happen. We'll solve it later, maybe. But you don't sacrifice the, the encapsulation idea. Uh, one more question. Yeah, there are some best wishes from somewhere that's good. <laughs> um, note, your approach takes into account object usage, what are known during class development, it's quite unflexible. Um, so yeah, there's, like you're saying that I assume that I know how my object will be used, and um, that that's that's kind of good comment. Again, it's a good comment that you're saying it makes sense. So you're saying that if I create an object and I don't do any getters from there, so nobody can get any data from me, and then I introduce just one printer which prints to, to only XML, and then I deliver the library to you. And I'm gone. For example, I stopped developing this project. Then, then you're kind of stuck because you cannot, you cannot do anything with this object because it only can deliver the XML to you. But you need JSON, or you need something else. You needed to, I don't know. You just need to get a title from the from the book. You don't need the entire XML. You just need a piece of data. You just need one title. Then you're stuck. That makes sense. Again, yes, I admit that it may happen. So, but still, it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse to violate the encapsulation. And open an object and say, yeah, you know, we're not going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. So it's not an object anymore. It's just open container. Do whatever you want. This is worse. This this scenario is worse than the previous one, where you're stuck and you can only get the XML. Because if you only can get an XML, you still get can get XML. And then from the XML, you can extract the title, for example. Or you can convert the XML to JSON. So you still have the possibility to do all that. 
but but if you are if if I'm giving you just a container, then we completely lose control of, of the object at all. Because now you will have procedures, procedures, procedures sitting around that object, and object is not in charge anymore. It's not object rendered programming. So that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. Um, Another question, is it correct that in case of a perfect encapsulation, we don't care much about duplication because it can hurt us? For example, changing implementation of one of duplicating methods can affect another. Exactly, exactly. We have two objects, they duplicate each other, but it doesn't, it's not a big problem for us because it's all inside them. This, this duplication of code happens inside that object. And if something happens with one of them, we don't care about the other because it still works. Because they perfectly encapsulate everything. So of course it's a problem in, in terms of you know if we want to to use the JSON library in a better way, then we will have to go through all the places in the code and find how this JSON is being you know constructed, and we need to fix it here and there. Of course it's not good. Code duplication is a, is a terrible thing. It's a it's a big problem. We we want to we want to avoid that, but not at the cost of encapsulation. I'm saying that again and again. But you're right. Absolutely, we we will have problem. We, we, the, the code duplication problem. Will not hurt us that much because it's 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 inside our it's 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 hidden. Uh, how can we another question? How can we get rid of the, for example, JAXB framework and this approach? How can we get book? Can we get book from XML representation uh, automatically? How can we get book from XML? Yeah, now it's a separate question. So now it's a question about more or less like setters. So you're talking about what if we have an XML? So we have like some text presentation of data. So we have a text stream, stream of data, for example, an XML format. And the question is, how do we build a book from there? That's a separate discussion. It's not about printers. It's how we deserialize sort of. So when we serialize an, an object, then we use printers. When we deserialize, we're we're used to to use getters. But in that case, we'll we'll discuss it probably on the one of the next webinars. So, but that's a separate problem, and and it also can be solved through constructors, obviously. So we need to have like I can give an answer right now. So we need to have a constructor which will accept the XML. And it will do the transformation from XML into internal data structure, into attributes inside the object. Again, we'll have exactly the same problems. Like what is, you know, what to do with the duplication of code, what to do with the necessity to parse this XML, who will parse it? So of course the object will, this constructor will kind of contain, you know, probably a lot of code, and it will be the object will be quite huge because we'll be responsible for parsing XML. Like the book will parse XML. Uh, the user will parse XML, and maybe 50 other objects will also parse XML. That's that's probably not right, but it's still it's a it's a smaller problem comparing to the one where we have an, a, a data container, and then the parsing happens somewhere else, and then we just inject data into the container. That's what I think. Uh, what if I build some kind of a search engine which takes a huge criteria? The criteria comes from a client. The only way I see to transfer the criteria to the search engine is to use some kind of a DTO. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what not just you. There are many people think like that. That the, it's 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 the first it's the first idea that yeah the data coming in, the data comes from some search criteria. The user typed in something or there's a huge huge number of parameters, and then we need to transfer that criteria to the search engine. Like I said, don't use, if you really need to transfer just pure data, then use a hash map. Don't call it an object. Don't call it DTO. Use a hash map. The hash map is a perfect uh, solution for transferring data. 
But if you want to do a bit more object-oriented, like make it make it less data-focused but more object-focused, then in this case you create a, you can create quite complicated object, which is um, which is I would say, for example, uh, uh, which would call the criteria, for example, and then this criteria knows how to. Well, maybe it's. I can't just think right now about the right design. Maybe if you can post that question on the on the blog, on, on the article about printers, we can we can discuss that. Like I would probably be able to suggest some design. But right now, uh, the the quick answer is that you if you really want to transfer data, then use hash maps or arrays or something like that, byte arrays. But if you if it's an object, you should not make it DTO. But let's discuss it in, in the in the blog. I need to think more about it. Um, if no data values are returned, how can other objects interact with the book? How can I make a program that orders five of each book that costs nine dollars or less? Yeah, if yeah, if no data is returned, then that, that's right. So <laughs> we just assume that <laughs> you're just asking, like, you know, I'm used to think that my books are just pieces of data. And now I want to find all these data structures which are cheaper than nine dollars. So how do I do that? But the, the wrong, the, 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 the starting step, the, the first assumption is wrong. You don't treat your collection of your books as just a collection of data structures, of data containers. And then you are in charge. You go into this set of, on this, con, on this um, uh, list of containers, and then you go through this list, and then you select the right container, you take it from there. In this case, you are in charge. You control the process, which is wrong. They have to control it. You have to go to the bookshelf and say, give me the book which is cheaper than $9. And the bookshelf or the bookstore will give you the right book. How this search will happen inside, it's up to the, to the store. But you don't go through the list of them and just selecting and, and, and getting one by one and, and going into them inside and checking, okay, what do you guys have inside? What kind of value you have from What kind of data stays inside? So you shouldn't do the search assuming that there's data in front of you. If we are talking about objects, of course if we are talking about pure procedural, procedural algorithm of searching through the, uh, through the array of, of bytes, then definitely you deal with data. In this case, you're pure procedural. So you, you, this is the code, this is in front of you, just a collection of bytes. You go through this collection of bytes, you select the right one. But if we're talking about a higher level, when we deal with objects, then you don't really search through them that way. I hope I answered the question. Uh, what can I say? Next question. What can you say about value objects? They're just wrong idea, these value objects. I think so. Well, if they have getters and setters. Because I don't know exactly what people actually mean every time they say value objects. But as far as I understand, for example, is string a value object? Is integer with the big I a value object? If it is, then it's perfect. I mean, it's all right. But if it's not, if it's, if it's just a piece of data with a few a number of getters and setters, that's a wrong idea. But I actually don't think that the right that the, the, the word value is really a good word in object-oriented programming. Because value is kind of smells like data value. It always I hear value, I kind of feel that people are talking about data. And every time you're talking about data, which which you which you know which stays on the same level as an object. So you shouldn't say, there's my object, there's my data. It's not really, they're not really on the same level. The data should be always inside an object. An object is the primary, you know, first-class citizen. Data is something which we're trying to hide. We're trying to, to not 
see as much data as possible. Uh, another question. Similarly, how would you go on a date with Mary or Lucy if you will never answer any of her questions or tell her any stories? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure how is this related to objects, but. Uh, yeah, you can. I'm not saying you can never answer questions or tell any stories. I'm just saying that getting data from an object is not really. No Mary, no Lucy would actually appreciate if you are instead of uh, uh, asking her for a phone number, you would just uh, take her phone and, and uh, from the pocket and just you know get the phone number from there. So you're not supposed to get anything from Mary or Lucy. You're supposed to ask them or her to give you an answer. So you're supposed to communicate with an object, and then the data which will go to you eventually, yes, the data will go to you. It's just, I think it's inevitable. But this data, they will go uh, not through a getter. It's not going to be a direct mapping between your request and their internal structure. You should not assume, this is what's wrong about getters, actually, in general. That's, 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 it's, when, you, when you get something from an object, when you use getter, you kind of assume, you, you kind of rely on the internal structure of an object. You kind of tell that object, I know what's inside you. I know what, how you build. I know your structure. So now just give me that, just now give me that, uh, that piece of your structure, and that's it. It's not really respectful to, to the object. A uh, um, few more questions. I send money from one account to another. Where the logic should be if the sending, in the sending or the receiving account? Uh, it depends on the situation, depends on your, you know, on your context, but I would say that on the sending, I think, if you send from one account to another, so I would say that you get the account from, and then you say dot send to, and then another account. I think so. But that depends on the context. You need to look at the... If you print the next question, if you print objects to media, aren't you limited by the media methods? How can you fork out to JSON, bytes, HTML, etc. Yeah, it's a good question. So, of course, it's it's a problem. How we can we build? How we can build the media, the way that it's generic, the way that it accepts all different possible scenarios of data printing. The question is, do we really need that? Do we really need to have our media so powerful so that that, for example, all objects will be able to print there? I don't think so. I would design media for each particular object. So, for example, I have a book, and I would say there's book media. I have a user, I would say there's user media. So the book has its own media next to it. So you, there's my book, I designed the class book, and I designed the class book media. So now if you want me, I'm the book, if you want me to print something to you, implement that class media and give me that object, and I'll print it to you. And that class book media knows how I can print data to there. But the user media is something else, or you know, magazine or article media is something else. So I'm, I'm, I'm not really, I don't think it's a good idea to create one generic huge media and then just rely on it and give it to all other objects. Well, maybe in some cases, maybe if the application is really like contains similar objects, like you know, 15 similar objects, they're all kind of the same, like book, article, shoe, I mean, if they're like items in the catalog, for example, they're all kind of the same. And they all need to be able, for example, to print their price, their, their size, their amount on the stock, and all that things. Then, of course, then the media will be the same for all of them. But in my, in my code, in my examples, there are, every time it's a different media for each object. 
Hash map, hash map, the next question. Hash map, unfortunately, not quite type safe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's unfortunately because it's the, the limitation of Java. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's a perfect solution, this hash map, but it's better than DTO. It's better than data transfer object. Uh, by the way, another question. By the way, any maps implementations look as evil in your approach? Um, yeah, I'm not saying that the hash map is a really good approach, it's the perfect one. I'm just saying that they are pure data. And when I see the hash map, I can understand that people kind of know what they're doing. This is data, they mean data, they don't mean objects, they don't abuse object-oriented paradigm. They just need to transfer a piece of data. And this is the hash map, is the only thing they found to transfer a piece of data. You can implement your own hash map, your own map which will be better, which will be not as generic as in Java, which will have, you know, a more, uh, better methods to retrieve and put data in and back and forth. But it's still going to be a data structure. It's going to be kind of a, would be, of course, would be great if the language would give us the, natively, would give us the something for data structures in the object-oriented world. But I think if we think strategically, long-term, I think the less of these data structures we have, the better for us. The less data we transfer between objects, the better for us. So objects, I think so, they have to encapsulate as much as possible and expose as little as possible. So as little as possible of this data should go outside. The objects they should encapsulate, they and then they work with that data inside. And when something is required on the outside, it should be something really primitive, like a few numbers, maybe some text, maybe some you know exception for sure. But it shouldn't be like massive, big amounts of data transferred back and forth. I think I read somewhere, I don't remember where, but people are saying that, that if you see that, you're, uh, that you need to pass so much data into the, into the method, and the method needs to return so much data, there's something wrong with your method. So why is that this method is accepting so much as an input and then returning so much as an output? It looks like it's just a gateway or something. It's not really a, an object. It's not really a self, self-sufficient piece of, 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 uh, of functionality. It looks like it's just a, just a gateway. So you just drop in there and there's just a procedure. It does something for you and returns, and returns something back. But the logic is not really encapsulated. It's kind of exposed. Even though it may be not a getter or a setter, but still, it's you kind of expose too much if the huge amount of data comes in and huge amount of data goes out. It shouldn't be like that. The methods should be small. It should be ideally maybe not even no no parameters, like maybe one parameter, maybe two. But if there are like five parameters and each of these parameters is like a input stream or <laughs> at the hash map, then something is wrong. I mean, you're you're definitely making your uh, data stream is too too big. Uh, another question, what about data structures with public fields? Getters is not needed. Yeah, that's probably another extreme. We didn't even mention that. Uh, we, <laughs> we can't use, we can't abuse objects and, and, and just put them, put their attributes and remove the getters and setters. That's a good question, actually. I think that maybe that approach is better than getters and setters. I may sound, you may look surprised, but I think it's better. It's not good, of course. Yeah, it's still like, you know, it's still a data structure. But I think, I think that, that this is actually better than using getters. Because in this case, we're obviously saying that, look, it's not really an object. We're not even trying to put any methods there. There's not, not even any constructors there. It's just pure data structure. 
it's just pure DT, whatever DTO, whatever. It's just you know, just the next step after hash map, and maybe the next step, it might be the first step before the, the step before hash map. But that's a pure data structure. So maybe maybe you're right. It's a good question. Maybe that approach even is 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 a, is a better solution than than these DTOs, which pretend to be objects, which pretend to have constructors, which which just which pretend to have some name and everything. But in reality, it just it just fools us and gives us the wrong impression of what's going on, the wrong information of how how our code should work. So it's a good question. Thanks for that. Uh, uh, we have like let's make two more questions and that's it. Um, uh, book. That's a common problem, not a question. Book. The printer print two pages. Actually, the book telling a story to a page. Exactly. Exactly. The book is telling a story to the page. When the when the book wants itself to be printed, it just starts talking to the page and tells the story. Explains what's going on. Explains who I am. This is my title. This is my ISBN. This is my author. It's exactly the telling the story. Yeah, and then it's up to the page how the story will be understood. Maybe the page will just ignore the story. Maybe it's going to be that kind of page which ignores everything, which doesn't listen to anything. Or maybe it's going to be the page which drops the data to the console. It depends on the implementation. Um, uh, do you have some real projects at GitHub with implementation of this approach? Yes, I have one project which like exactly does what I'm explaining here. Uh, you can find it on my account on GitHub. The name of the project is DD. Just two letters, DD. David David. Uh, it exactly implements that implements that way. So it, it, we have the persistence layer over there. We have data in DynamoDB. This data comes from the database. And then the question is how this data is supposed to be rendered on the screen. So we need to convert that data to HTML. And that's exactly, and, and the, these data, they have exactly printers. So they don't have any getters. They print themselves, these objects, they print themselves to a, to XML. Look at the project. It's, it's quite small. It's not big. I just created it maybe more, one month ago. And it does exactly what I'm explaining here. Uh, uh, one more question. Sorry for off topic. What about objects with collections inside for example books in which webinar I can get information about this uh, there's no difference actually between collections like books and a single book I don't see any big difference the only thing is that again if you look at that project which is called DD on the um, on my uh, on my github then you will see collections there so we have collections we have uh, for example we have uh, there's two things there are pitch and pitches so pitches, that's a collection of, of pitches. It's a collection of, of, of things in a database. And then there's a single pitch. But the collection never allows anybody to iterate through itself. So there is no, there is no method to iterate through collection, even though it's a collection. So it's, a not, it's like there are many pitches inside, but you can go through them. You cannot just loop through them. The only thing you can do is you can ask the collection to render the XML of the entire collection. So this idea of looping through collections is procedural. It shouldn't happen. You should not go through collection looping through. You should let the collection do some, for example, looping for you, uh, do some iteration for you, but you shouldn't do it outside of the collection. That's, I think, what this is like the, the heavy... Uh, the heavy inheritance we're bringing to object-oriented programming from procedural programming. We always think this is how we, this is I how I've been taught in school. The, 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 we start from you know this variable variable a equals to one, and then four 
i equals to one two i don't know this is like basic example example from a basic language you go through this loop by index loop by precondition loop with the fork with the post condition you know just like basic programming paradigms and and they shouldn't actually exist in object-oriented programming because they're there they they the, the computer needs them of course this is how the pro the processor thinks. this is how the computer thinks but this is not how we should think if we uh if we look at the our object-oriented code i think so i think so but that's the that's the uh, discussion for the next time thank you this is one hour over thanks for coming uh and yeah probably we'll have more questions but you can ask them on the blog under the uh under the uh, the article about printers or you can join our chat on gitter we have this chat about elegant objects. You can go to my blog, and on the top level of icons, you can find the, the icon for Gitter. Join the chat. We're discussing it there all the time. Thank you, and see you in a month. That's the first Wednesday of every, every month, first Wednesday, 11 a.m. in the morning Pacific time. Thanks for joining. See you later. Bye-bye.